Welcome to the Lounge, a show where I, Jesse Edmond, talk to those people that are changing the gaming industry, even as we speak. And today, my guest is Lena Richter. Lena is a gamer, she's a blogger, and more importantly, she's a podcaster, because she just released her new podcast, The Gender Swap Podcast. Now, it's in German, but go check it out. Who knows? Maybe you'll learn some German. I don't know. Just, she's awesome. Um, and we're talking about personal play. Takes me a while to get there. I kind of got it wrong at first, but I do. Check it out. Like I said, I, well, I, don't, I don't know if I said that. Already. I wrote some stuff for German RPG things, but I'm not like super involved in publishing stuff. But yeah. But I mean, well, um, let's let's actually. For, well, you've got your own blog. Yeah. Um, which is <laughs> Zeladon Spiegel. Which means yeah. mirror, right? Yeah, what mirror and Xelodon is a figure um, like, um, oh, how do you say that? It's not a god, like a demigod um, okay. in uh, the, the Dark Eye, that one German system I play a lot. And he's like, uh, yeah, he's like a guy that appears to artists and mocks them about their art and they <laughs> <laughs> tries them to get better. <laughs> Uh, so I thought that would be a nice uh, title for a blog. That's fantastic. I love that. I, I'm yeah. fascinated. I read through that article. Um, that oh, you yeah, wrote that's a really long article. <laughs> it's, well, and it's funny because there was a moment where I was reading through it. I'm like, how long have I been reading this? It's been a long time. But um, it's a really, really good article. I'm going to actually drop the link in this because. Yeah, thank you. It's um, Yeah, I was trying to to introduce it a little bit um, because well, it's not very well known outside of Germany. And and it's, it's, I mean, you're right. It's not well known outside of Germany, but in Germany, it's, yeah, it's the, it's the German D and D really. It's, yeah, um, it really uh, most is. people don't play D and D. They play the dark eye here. Yeah. And that's, but we can talk about, if you like, we can uh, talk about this a little bit when we, yeah. In, uh, the, in, the, in the recording. Uh, well, I actually, I did start recording, uh, so, but that's okay. Um, yeah, sure. Go ahead. We're, uh, we're going and we'll, 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 uh, you know, I'll, I'll go in when it's appropriate. Now, um, so you, you listened to my last episode. I'm, I'm not here to talk about me, I, I swear. Um, and you commented on solo play. So I thought it would be really cool to talk with you about solo play. But before we do, um, let's let's talk a little bit about this, the the podcast you have coming up. Yeah, um, yeah, cool, I'd like to. Um, so I'm just about to start a new uh, podcast uh, in, in German, mm -hmm. unfortunately. So maybe not a lot of uh, listeners who are listening to this will listen to that, but... Um, there is a kind of an active podcasting scene in, in Germany um, regarding role-playing games. But as one of the podcasts pointed out, it's mostly done by men. So um, there was like a, a Twitter 
call to action <laughs> to, and why don't why don't we get more women in podcasting about role playing games and then uh well i was on vacation at that time and could not get into it right away but um i have a good friend uh, uh, judith and uh, well we talked about hey could we do that would we be able to just to do this and then we decided um, we would produce like an episode zero just to see uh, how the technical stuff would work and how much work it would be to edit this and and upload it and stuff mm -hmm. like that and we did that and by the time this uh, episode airs it should be out there already yeah yeah it'll be uh yeah, this will be out on uh on the thursday and you would have come out last saturday what's the name of it um the the episode zero one did not have a name yet but we kind of decided to call it the gender swap podcast okay <laughs> with a subtitle uh, rpg podcast but with women you know <laughs> like all the gender swap movies there out there and then we talk about oceans eight in the first episode well, which, um, by the way was amazing yeah right it was really good um that's that sounds great and then we'll i'll get a link from you and we'll we'll put that in the notes now diversity is something i mean here i always feel a little weird talking about that because here i am a white hat cis male um you know that that is is doing his own podcast but i like to promote diversification as much as i can simply because the more voices you get out there you know, the more, the wider the creativity you get. Um, so I, I love that your, like, like your response to, you know, somebody saying, well, there needs to be more women in podcasting was like, yeah, there does. That's me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's quite exciting. I, I'm, I'm really curious to hear what people think about our first try. And, and uh, I reached out to some people who, do podcasts and have a lot of experience and they were all like super helpful so yeah. i mean I, I did not know how to do it at all and and then i just wrote some dms on twitter like hey how, how do you record and what what uh, tools do you use and everyone was really great and telling me good stuff so uh, we could get into recording really soon before all before maybe shying away from it because it sounds like so much work <laughs> yeah and now we did it and it's out there and i i really hope that uh, we will do this because it was fun yeah well I, I mean you know not that not that you're soliciting advice from me but um but i i have done it for a little while and one of the things i'll always say is you know you may miss an episode here or there um, just because life is there, you know? Um, but if people are listening, they'll, they'll always be excited to see your next episode. So, um, you know, the, the, my hiccup is personally is uh, sometimes I don't get this, like with this, I may not get a chance to actually schedule somebody for an episode in time to release it or something like that. And, um, you know, and I've had other podcasts that have just kind of died because scheduling issues and, and whatnot. Mm. 
But then I was told by somebody else that has, has been podcasting for a long time, they're not dead. They're just waiting. <laughs> yeah, um, I actually did not uh, talk about how, uh, in which, uh, gosh, how often the episodes were aired. Mm-hmm. So we don't know if you, we do like every two weeks or once a month. Or I, we have to figure that out. Yeah. Well, because wait. I mean, I mean, I'm working and my podcast partner, she's actually really a, a big writer and uh, uh, RPG person in Germany. Um, she just wrote, uh, she just won a German RPG award for Fate setting. She wrote with her husband and she started doing a lot of stuff and writing novels and writing RPG stuff. So she's really busy and yeah. Yeah. So we have to figure out how often we can record and stuff. When when we feel like it is also a perfectly acceptable uh, <laughs> schedule. Yeah. Yeah. We well, see it's all it's all very new, and I'm I'm kind of excited to do this because uh, I think podcasts are a really great thing. I, I listen to a lot of them. Um, it's perfect uh, way to spend time when you commute to work, and mm-hmm. yeah. I hope this will work out. I'm I'm excited for you. I I'm also excited to just be able to 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 say you know hey here's somebody who just launched a new podcast. Everybody go check it out. Um, yeah. Even even if you don't speak German, download that yeah. first episode. Get her some get her a boost. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, right. Well, I mean, um, there are German podcasts who do uh, English uh, mm-hmm. English interviews sometimes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, if you ever get the chance to speak to some English-speaking RPG designers and people, we would absolutely do it in English. Sure. But uh, and by the but way, that's me, in the future, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Let me let me throw this out there though. If there's somebody that's been on my show that you want to connect with, let me know, and I will I will make that happen. Yeah, cool. I I will do that. Um, um, Once we get the first uh, reactions from from people who listen to the <laughs> the episode zero, um, yeah, this will be uh, will be we I will release it on Sunday morning. Nice. And uh, yeah, actually, I'm going to be in a movie theater all day on Sunday because uh, there's a theater in, a, in Hamburg that does a lot of the Rings marathon. Oh wow. Uh, like all three movies in the extended edition, so I will be in a cinema from 10 a.m. to 11 p.m. Holy cow! <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's a it's a bit crazy, but I thought, ah, why not? I, I like these movies. I still do. I saw them like 10 times already. <laughs> it might be fun. <laughs> I um, I I liked seeing the movies in the theater. I, I enjoyed that. Um, I sat down to watch the extended editions at one point. And there was a part of me that was like, this is a lot. Um, and uh, so I watched the extended edition of uh, the only one I've ever watched was um, uh, the, <laughs> the first one. Oh, I'm I'm bad nerd now that I can't remember the name. <laughs> Fellowship of the Fellowship Ring. Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. Um, but I watched the extended edition of that and I liked it. Um, but. I I was I was tired by the end of it. Yeah, it's so long. It's very long. They, I think the they, most of them are three and a half hours or even four hours. And yeah, it's 
Yeah, you know, it's before uh, at that time they these extended editions came out. I was like a big uh, Lord of the Rings talking geek, mm-hmm. and there was some stuff in there that came from the books and was left out in the in the cinema version. So, of course, I needed to watch all of this. Of course, you do. Be like, oh yeah, that scene. It's kind of important, but <laughs> I did not make it in the in the movie. In the in the cinema cut version, but yeah, no one's now, there. But as a fan of the books, you 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 like the the films as well as the books, right? Yeah, I I think they did a good job with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's some of the action scenes that are just over the top, and uh, there's sure. some, uh, but I think the they did a good job and designing all the locations and the costumes and uh, just the feeling it 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 feels right for me it's mm-hmm. uh it's done really well um uh this middle earth feeling this yeah. like um this word who's just a bit um over the the height of its power and everything is vanishing and the elves are leaving and uh and the end when when frodo has to leave it's it's i think it's one of my favorite ending of a book or a movie because it's um this guy who does everything to save the world and then the world gets an happy end and he kind of doesn't because yeah. it was just the price he had to pay was so high he, he just has to leave and will never be the same so Ah, that's a bittersweet, and I liked it. And yeah, <laughs> I oh, I love myself a bittersweet ending. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime you can you can turn an ending uh, on its heel, um, I I'm 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 a sucker for that. I yeah, uh, totally. I've read comic books my whole life. Um, I practically learned well. No, I pretty much learned to read uh, using comic books, and so. Um, I have this, this, I have, I have many feelings on adaptation, uh, overall. And, um, and I love having those conversations with people basically saying, you know, like, like you really like the, the original of this thing, whatever it might be, how do you feel about the adaptation? And, you know, and there's always this, there's this huge spectrum of, of thought on, on that. Meanwhile, I'm kind of at a point with comic books like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I got to see Iron Man, I, you know, I'm fine. <laughs> like, yeah. like he looked like Iron Man. He, uh, he, he did stuff kind of like Iron Man, you know. Um, I don't need all the elements from from my original content because that's, you know, seventy years now. Six, no, mm. not seventy. That's too many. Sixty years, still a lot. Yeah, but yeah, uh, adaptation is always like a, a tricky thing because um, you know you want it, you want the movie to be okay for people to see who don't know anything about the whole stuff. Me uh, kind of also want to please the ones who know all the comic books or, or have read all the novels, and I think it's tricky. Yeah, yeah, I think um, one, one example, recent example is. Uh, my favorite supervillain of all time, 
and one of my favorite comic book characters all just overall is Thanos. And oh. so he shows up in a movie, which I mean that, you know, Avengers infinity more may have, infinity war may have just been called Thanos. Like it was yeah, just right. Story. Right. Um, but they did that so well. And you know, I think it was brilliant that they centered the movie around Thanos because uh, there are so many characters and so many uh, places where action happened and stuff was going down. So in focusing on Thanos, they made the movie feel to me very, um, yeah, it does not, it does not feel like jumping around or just, just uh, telling 10 stories at a time. It was his story. Mm -hmm. but it was was his story and he was uh, there and he was the big villain and um, really a villain you could um, understand why he does what he does yeah I mean he's a absolute shithead but, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you, you, you kind of you kind of get why he thinks this is a good idea yeah yeah there's uh, there's a there, well and there's something to be said for the Marvel Cinematic Universe I think in the the phase three villains that have they've just improved so much i think the, yeah the totally. big complaint totally. prior you know to phase three and then you've got baron zemo you've got hela um, and of Kimanga, and yeah, to yeah totally yeah there's some villains in the early movies like uh god what's his name malekith oh yeah yeah and in the second uh, thor movie he was like okay not interesting yeah. at all uh yeah and that's my favorite thor story of all time the the, the original like from oh. the 80s one and so i was okay. very excited plus you've got doctor who playing the villain yeah. of one of my favorite stories and i was like yes this will be amazing oh and then he was so wasted right yeah i mean the actor is great but you could not even really see him under all the cgi and yeah yeah yeah, but but no, I I know what you mean. I'm I'm a really a big fan of the MCU, mm -hmm. all the movies and all the TV shows. I watch all of them. All of them <laughs> too. Yeah, it's everything. All it's all almost, TV shows and all this stuff. Yeah. It, it's almost like there's so much. There are times I feel a little bit overwhelmed because I want to watch everything based off a comic book, but I can't anymore. <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, um, I don't watch the, a lot of the this DC stuff, mm -hmm. um, but the Marvel stuff, I I, I kind of see all of those shows. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I watch a lot of TV shows. Um, sure. Um, yeah, um, but I I don't feel like it's too much. I mean, um, people are always saying, oh, do we really need another comic book show? And do we really need another movie? And I'm like, uh, yeah, why not? I mean, you don't have to watch it. Yeah. If yeah, you oh, don't want but to, but I'm kind of always happy about new stuff because it might be cool. And right. When it is, it's great. And when, if not, I don't know. Oh, no. Oh, just remember, I did not watch the Inhumans show. I just saw the trailer and was like, nope. It was, uh, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't great. I wanted that to be so much better. <laughs> Oh, it was tough. Um, yeah, that's I mean, the one I did not see, but uh, it it, does, it did not look good to me. 
Have, have and I'm all, I was also kind of pissed because they introduced the Inhumans and Agents of Shield, which is like my one of my favorite TV shows of yeah. all times. And uh, then they just did not go on and continue with this, uh, but made a new story about the other. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, there, yeah. Um, I think you know it, they built that story to be an introduction to the Inhumans, and it's like. But it's not interesting enough. You know what it was? I compared it a lot to Green Lantern, the, the Green Lantern film that came out a few years ago. We're like, we're going to introduce Green Lantern and all these characters in the Green Lantern universe and the guy that's going to be his main villain. And like, yeah, but watching the story before the really cool story isn't the thing that people want yeah. to do. Um, yeah. But we've got Agents of yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. still for at least... Yeah, I think they're doing a, a season with 13 episodes, Yeah, if I remember that correctly, and God, I love this show that's, so much, it's one of my favorite, uh, so this and Star Wars Rebels are like my two favorite shows in the world, I think. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. I, I so dig Rebels, the aesthetic <sighs> of Rebels, and I haven't watched enough of it because I've been trying to catch up on Clone Wars first. Oh yeah, that's that's a good thing to do actually. Yeah. I, uh, it, it, it's very cool to see how they finish all the Clone Wars storylines and, and Rebels. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's I I just have to sit down and and watch yeah. from Clone Wars from when I was watching before, but um it's I mean we we you know, it, it, it's a it's an embarrassment of wealth, though, because, I mean, 20 years ago, I remember saying, I'm going to watch every show based on a comic book. And it was easy because there weren't any. And, uh, you know, or if there were, were they were cartoons. And mm. uh, now it's like there's just there's so much. And uh, and I love it. I love that we're where we've come to this point. Um, I love that I'm also. Uh, you know, it's fun being a nerd now because people will be like, hey, this thing that's super popular, can you tell me about it? Like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, I guess so, it's... person that used to pick on me. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. I was uh, some years ago, there was a, a George Martin uh, reading and uh, interview in, uh -huh. in here in Hamburg. So I went there and the interview was really well done and uh, at one point he said like well i think we nerds we won yep <laughs> we won because it's uh it's not a thing to be uh, bullied about now it's it's everywhere it's really mainstream and cool and stuff yeah it's it and it's such a huge change but yeah I don't know, it's it's fantastic now one of the things that that comes up a lot in conversations uh, um, that I'm in is when is tabletop gaming going to kind of fall into that? And I think it's kind of happening now. It might be. I mean, at least I think uh, because of um, representation in, in, in shows more like Big Bang Theory or Community. Or, um, I think most people know what pen and paper tabletop gaming is mm -hmm. so like 15 years ago when he said i do role-playing most people thought okay 
what is that? Is that a sex thing or? Yes. <laughs> <So> you... <laughs> uh, or do you dress, dress up and beat yourself with uh, with lab uh, equipment? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and I think like like you've always been able to say like oh like Dungeons and Dragons, but there was a stigma attached to it prior, where it was mm -hmm. like you know oh it's like Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, huh. You know, yeah. that's the reaction you would get. Where now it's like, uh, you know, I think you'll say like, oh, I do tabletop role-playing games. Um, and at least here in the States, they'll say, oh, like Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah, that's... Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I think here in Germany you can say, you know, like they do on the Big Bang Theory, the yeah. one, that's the stuff with the, the, the dice and the little figures and uh, fantasy stuff. And most people will know what you're talking about. I I think as well though, I think we're going to see this this point in the in the coming future where the the stories and worlds and and you know all those elements of of those properties that are owned uh by by role playing companies are going to see the same translation that we've seen with comic books and I mean, you know, yeah. you mentioned Game of Thrones or well, George R R Martin um, but like Game of Thrones, from what I understand, was actually based off his Dungeons and Dragons game from the eighties. Oh, okay, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it's 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 one of those things I've heard, and I never researched it, so I could be wrong. Uh, okay. Um, but Twitter, yeah, feel mean... free to let me know that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did you did you see these uh, this Netflix movie Bride that came out last oh. year? It, it was basically Shadowrun without saying it was Shadowrun. One hundred percent. It was so cool. <laughs> it was a cool movie. Yeah, I I I really enjoyed it. I mean, it the, it lacked in some areas, but I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't the best movie of all time, but it was was cool, and I liked the the world building and the the yeah. setting. And I I think they're making a second part. They are. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that will be more even better because they have established the, the world and the the rules of the world. Yeah. My my favorite shot in that though is when they're showing the, the police officers and they have the centaur in the SWAT gear. And I was like oh, yeah. I was like, what a cool thing to just see in the background is you know There was so much cool stuff in the background. Yeah. I mean the the opening with all the graffiti. Yep. It was right. really great. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think we're we're going to see I think we're kind of at the you know at the at the head of a wave of of all that content. And Yeah, I mean that would be great. Uh, the, uh, there is this uh D&D movie, but it's not very good. It's <laughs> You know the the one like from 20 years ago. Oh. Yeah. Oh no, I saw that opening day, um, and and uh, you did not think it was great, I guess. I yeah, no, that was uh, that was a that was a big. <laughs> I wasn't expecting much, and it didn't meet that expectation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was not. No, it was not good. I, no. I although I followed up with that movie, um, a little bit in that I've said later on like. You, 
that movie, if you view that movie from the point of view of a gaming group itself, um, and it's almost like the game master wanted to run this game and invited his girlfriend to come play. <laughs> and his girlfriend played the main character there, whose name I escapes me entirely. So she got to do everything. Meanwhile, his regular group is just sitting around annoyed. <laughs> yeah, and it's also, it's, it does not look good. So no. it's, I don't think they had a lot of money to make this. No. There's, they're making, uh, they're making a Dungeons and Dragons movie, um, and supposedly it's 2021. I think it's supposed to be coming out. So, who knows? I mean, you know, but then you look at like other content, like The Dark Eye, like uh, Shadowrun, like all these other properties that just are ready to yeah. be pulled from. Um, now you play. You play the Dark Eye. Yeah, for 15 years now I do that. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Um, is it the same? Have you been playing the same campaign for 15 years? Uh, no, no, not that. And I'm, uh, I'd switched groups in between. So, um, but uh, there are a lot of official campaigns and modules you can play, and I played a lot of those. And now in my current group, we are playing like two campaigns um, and switch after each chapter, kind of because, um, well, it's a it's a world with a living history, and uh, those two campaigns we're playing come like together in the end, and uh, hmm. so we decided we play both of them and. <laughs> Then we switch in between, and then sometimes we do a one shot between, or check in with another group of characters we have. Um, it's all very thoroughly planned, and <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I I love the way we play it in our group because um, if you just play one shots or stories for like two or three sessions, it's 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 fun. It's cool. You can do that, but I think the 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 setting and the the world is just is really cool if you follow along this history and um, play characters that are fitting in the story and yeah, play in the right order of events to that to happen. So. Uh, like I wrote in that one article you, I wrote for Campaign Mastery. Uh, we are like 15 years behind the current date. Uh, <laughs> so, yep. Yeah, it's a bit uh, tricky sometimes uh, because spoilers, and uh, there's actually stuff you can be spoiled about in this game because there's these uh, well, meta plot, that they call it um, just events that will happen to the world, to the continent. Um, mm -hmm. And if you choose to follow this official timeline, which you don't have to, of course. Sure. Um, yeah, there will be events that take place. And if uh, the GM knows about that, he can prepare for it and uh, just drop some hints years ahead and uh, do some connections to other stories. And it's, it's, a, it's a way to play. You can only do i think if you have a group that plays regularly and has some time 
to do this, but uh, if you do, it's it's really cool. It's it sounds really rewarding. Yeah, it is. It's it's sometimes um, we have these moments when um, like so the campaign we are playing right now is uh, like kind of a 1492 Columbus expedition uh, uh, thing where you go and find your way to the other continent there is which is really hard because it's a long journey and you have only sailing ships and it's yeah it's kind of a really big deal to do this uh and one one of the ships there is this npc is uh, who's a mage and you just as uh the players uh, just knew she was sent there by her master to find out about something or bring home some long lost uh, parchments and, and scrolls and stuff. And then we played another group uh, on the main continent and uh, visited uh, like a major's uh, meeting event, mm -hmm. a big uh, come together of all the, the majors and there was this master first who talked about oh yeah there's this manuscript that could be really important for mage uh, stuff and magic research and i sent my assistant over there to <laughs> to go and find those for me um and it was like ah that's what she's doing <laughs> so our characters do still not know what she's doing what the players do yeah because we learned in in another story what yeah, and it's it's like these. It's uh, kind of like uh, the stuff are like about the MCU or the Star Wars mm -hmm. uh, universe. It's all connected, so. It's interconnected. It's yeah, yes. that's that's cool. There's um, there's a I I I've I've been trying to come up with something to kind of describe that because it's not an anthology because it's all connected, but it's like yeah. this. It, it it has that feel of it, and then you realize like it's all connected. I don't know. I don't know the I don't know the term, and it may exist. I'm sure somebody's said it at some point, but yeah, um, that's really cool. Is it now? I would imagine that because you you have an idea of not only what the big meta plot is, but you have an idea of like what's going on with these other characters. Mm -hmm. um, is there ever any issue with people saying? you know, oh, I, I already know this, so I'm going to plan for that. Um, or is there <laughs> metagaming, basically? Yeah, that's always... Um, <laughs> I mean, I try not to get spoiled mm -hmm. on stuff, but it accidentally happens a lot if yeah. you read, because if you read a new book that came out, like, some years ago, um, there's sometimes just name-dropping of, hey, the current emperor is blah, 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 and... You think, oh shit! I did not know that <laughs> because <laughs> we are still 15 years uh, ahead from that. And well, okay, but I try not to. Um, I try not to say anything uh, yeah. to anyone who does not know. But of course, I know what um, what campaigns and um, stories are still coming. Yeah. And. I planned, um, we, we spent quite some time planning, okay, so we know there will be a story that takes place in that area and deals with that topic, so 
which kind of group do we want to play? So maybe we could already set it up and do some low-level stuff because, yeah, you know, you can not play the most epic stories with characters that are just level one. So. Yeah, well, sure. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's... Uh, so you can always go and work towards um, a certain story without knowing exactly what will happen. But mm -hmm. it's, yeah. It it sounds it's a like... bit tricky. It, it's yeah. uh, really I I don't um I mean not every group plays this way. This is my group that <laughs> <laughs> that plays this way and um, really. Um, gets into this whole, okay, we play chronologically, we want to try to do all the, the important stuff. And that is why we play like four or five groups parallel and try to take everything there's happening and uh, play it with the characters who are fitting for the story. Because I mean, a lot of groups still have this one group, mm -hmm. one group of adventurers and they try to play every adventure and every story with with them and yeah you can do that i understand why you would like to do that if the group is really cool and you like your character yeah. but i like to play a character that fits into the story that's and, that's a really elegant solution to a very common gaming problem too you know, yeah. I mean, we'll see it. I mean, Pathfinder is very, very popular. I think most places, but I mean, definitely in the U.S. And yeah, part it's, of that, it's uh, well known in Germany too. Yeah. Okay. Um, part of that is because Pathfinder has these really cool adventure paths that tell mm -hmm. really neat stories. But you can't run every group through those paths. You just can't. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, there's no reason why. Um, you know, we're playing a game right now uh, that is going through the Mummy's Mask adventure. And then, you know, let's say somebody decides to run Iron Gods later on. I can't say, oh, yeah, this is my character's cousin or something, you know. <laughs> I, I mean, there's no reason you can't you can't incorporate those elements and tell stories from from different sides, especially if they're if they're di divergent like that. It, but with with uh with your campaign it sounds like you're you're incorporating the interconnectivity of the dark eye setting with your campaign itself which just sounds amazing it just yeah, sounds it's really i i love the way that yeah. we play this um because personally i would not have a lot of fun playing one character for 10 years yeah i, I like <laughs> to switch it up and then change it sometimes because they're all different and I like them all. <laughs> we, have, uh, we have a term uh, on the misdirected Mark network that I believe was coined by our very own Phil Vecchione, um, which is polygamerous. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, guilty of that. <laughs> yep. Ditto. So what other games do you play? Um, well, I managed to get together a group to play City of Mist uh, uh, every two weeks during the week. We play on the Dark Eye on Saturday, um, like every Saturday if we can. And so, yeah, I have this City of Mist group. I think you know 
the gang, right? Oh yeah, Probably. I'm yeah. I'm um, super jealous that you have a yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's we 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 actually we did not really get into our first case because we did a lot of um, character creation and session zero and uh, a day in a life uh, stuff, mm. and we had some well some sessions that we had to cancel because one of us was ill and yeah, but. Yeah, we do that, and then I try to play new new games and new systems if I can. So I played um, over Google Hangout uh, last week. Uh, I played Worlds in Peril. That's oh, another PBTA oh. game. Yes. Uh, another superhero game. Yep. That was pretty cool. I played Dread for the first time last night. I saw the pictures from that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was great. Um, I was on a convention uh, in June and uh, reconnected with some some people there, and then uh, we made a set a date for playing Dread because we all wanted to. How, how like that's because the um I had um Alex Roberts on talking about her game uh starcross which yeah. is the, the tower yeah. um how i guess i'm i'm I, i'm speaking as somebody that uh i'm not super coordinated and, or steady um <laughs> so <laughs> am, am i gonna die in dread right away if i play it? uh yeah i mean you always I mean, you always have a choice if you want to pull the brick or if you say, okay, no, I take these consequences. Um, so we did not pull a lot of those, I think, uh, for a typical dread game because we were all like super anxious <laughs> and did not want to risk everything. Mm. I don't know. We I mean we played it for the first time, and yeah. So I think we were quite not super risky. Okay. Uh, not taking not taking very high risk, but it was. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, when the tower was so shaky, we would rather take the consequences uh, because they are also very cool for the story. Sure. Um, so we did not the tower did not collapse but was pushed over to do the heroic uh one last action and then you're dead stuff in the end <laughs> uh yeah i mean uh i think it could be a problem because uh well if you knock over the tower after half of the game it's it might be frustrating yeah yeah for you um I don't know. I'm I'm interested to play it. Oh, I'm more. I'm way more interested to run Dread than I am to play Dread, though. I've said that about Starcross yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Starcross. I I backed Starcross on Kickstarter, yeah. but I did not yet get to play it. Um, but it's a great idea, and I love the uh, the actual play on one shot. I I listen to this. Um. Okay, oh, and yeah, other games I play. I, I really like the FFG Star Wars, oh. Edge of the Empire, and uh, System, and I, I usually get to play this, like, I don't know, three or five times a year when we have time to do something else on a weekend. Or... 
Um, I like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with these, but uh, Hollow Earth Expedition. I'm it's, not as familiar with those. I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, well, the rule system is called Ubiquity. Okay. And there's um, Hollow Earth Expedition, which is like a 30s uh, Indiana Jones pulp, uh, Nazis riding on dinosaurs. <laughs> 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 Setting is just really fun and uh, yeah, like like I said, a very pulpy setting. And um, with the same rule set, you have space 1889. That's oh. like a steampunk, Jouvern, HG uh, Wells type of game. Oh yeah, I know of space um, 1899 very well. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's, huh. um, that's also one thing I like and late fate sometimes um there's a lot of there's a, just a lot of great games out there and um i like that there are so many games now that you can play with not a lot of time and just for one shots like all these indie story games yeah 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 well that kind of brings us to what we what started our conversation to begin with, which is, yeah, you know, when you when you have all these games that you that you have the option to play, you know, you don't always. I mean, life is 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 always in the way of gaming, um, and yeah. uh, and when you can't overcome that, sometimes you have to take matters into your own hands, so to speak. <laughs> Um, so that so we we uh, you know we touched on on talking about um, uh, solo play when uh, in my in my last episode and you commented on it and yeah. is there is that something I, I haven't done much of it lately um, I and I and I feel like I'm I'm missing that. Um, one of the things that first made me realize this is a possibility, though, back in the 80s, there was a DC Heroes uh, uh, um, superhero game um, where, you know, you had Superman and you had all the, all the DC characters, and they had adventures out that were solo adventures. Yeah. Um, there are... Um... Solo adventures for the dark eye as well. Um, oh wow! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, I could send you a picture of my uh, bookshelf. <laughs> um, but um, actually, I, I'm not a big fan of those solo adventure stuff. Um, so I, I tried it. I'm not like super convinced that it's right for me, but. Mm. I, I did this once because I was reviewing a, a book, um, it was a solo adventure book. Um, but no, for me, this uh, the stuff uh, James talked about last episode, um, I think he called it personal play. Which, personal uh, play, yes. Yeah, which I think is a great term because for me, it is not something I do instead of gaming at the table, but something I do additional to okay. that. And concerning the characters I play at the table. Okay, so it's, um, so it's almost like the game outside the game. Yeah, right. It's um, just like stuff like thinking about your character, um, 
and kind of uh, thinking about what might happen to him or her next. Um, I, I actually, I, I thought about what, what kind of personal play there is you can do. Um, mm -hmm. So what I did during one campaign uh, we played was uh, taking notes during the session and then turn that into a diary of my character, which served as a for, kind of a reminder of what happened last session for the group, but I really could have done that in half of the words. Uh, <laughs> so it was more like, okay, I'm reflecting on how my character saw this situation and uh, how she felt about it and how, um, how she thinks about the NPCs and the other characters and stuff like that. Which is a great form of personal play because that helps you when you know the 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 way your character um uh, uh let's say illuminates a story you know adds adds mm -hmm. elements to it you have a better understanding of who that person is yeah that's that's right for me it uh it's something that um yeah it comes together the the stuff i i think about it it, it fleshes out the character and it helps me to play them at the table um so there was this uh, diary I did, and in a campaign I played a while back, I did those notes as well, and then um, turned it into a last time on <laughs> campaign <laughs> thing. Uh, and then I started um, writing scenes for my character that were not in the game. Uh, just okay. stuff that could have happened in between um, conversations she would have with NPCs, um, just stuff like that, because mm -hmm. it was important to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's 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 always a fun thing. Um, the 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 game master that's that's running it, um, have have they wanted to incorporate any of those elements into it or? Um, yeah, that's the thing. I kind of only showed. To them after we were done with the campaign. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, the, uh, it was a really long campaign. We played it for uh, four and a half years, and when we were done, I made like a little book with uh, all the the notes and um, uh, oh god, how do you say? Oh uh, well, yeah, the short version of the story I wrote for every sure. session. Um, I put that in there and I put those stories about my character in there and some quotes I, I wrote down and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think everyone just read it afterwards. So. That's awesome. That's really yeah. awesome. That's that's <laughs> like, that's like here's the novelization. Well, almost, yeah, you know. Kind of. Um, it was a lot of work. It was <laughs> the, the thing was about, 240 pages Whew. long uh, we had I think it was like 70 sessions uh, and I wrote about five to seven pages for each session holy yeah. cow yeah I'm like uh, this, this is like a kind of thing I like to do like doing chronics and writing everything down and uh, 
just like an archive of stuff that happened. Yeah. And I, um, unfortunately, I did not continue the diary thing for the other campaign because it was just too much work to yeah. while while working full time and playing and doing stuff. So um, I still take notes and I have like six notebooks full of notes for this campaign because we are playing this for almost 10 years now. And yeah, but I don't turn it into a written diary anymore, which is a bit sad, but I just don't have the time. <laughs> that, and which makes perfect sense. It's, it's such a cool idea though, to incorporate that into, into, you know the the play and, and that is personal play yeah um, yeah the, but but actually that also works uh, as a works its way into uh, the actual play at the table because mm -hmm. my character is always taking notes and always so she's a scribe by profession mm -hmm. oh um okay. so she always did that but um now we're on this journey to the other continent and she's like super obsessed with writing everything down and not forgetting <laughs> anything and uh and, and the last session we had one of the other characters um um got freaked out about a little magic incident and he threw one of her notebooks into the sea oh no and it was like <laughs> Um, a big deal <laughs> to, to her. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's kind of a that's that's a that's kind of a violation to somebody that's you know. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Still pissed. <laughs> There's still yeah. some bitterness there. Yep, definitely. Oh. But um, so this is one way, and another thing I sometimes do is like write letters. Mm -hmm. Um. Um maybe sometimes when one player could not be there for a session and needs to be caught up on what happened so sometimes i do not just tell them that but wrote write a little letter from the view of my character that's also a thing i like to do that's a really cool idea i like that a lot there uh -huh. is a, a story game you play solo that is called quill Yes. Where you do exactly this? Um, it, it's coming out in Germany, I think, at the end of the year or, or next year. Uh, and I heard about that uh, during a convention some weeks ago, and I was, oh my god, I really need to buy this and do this because it sounds like so much my thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, is it Quill Shadow and Ink? Um, oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's three the um, adaptions of this. Yeah. One is like a fantasy setting, one is like a Cthulhu setting, and the other is like a love letter thing, I guess. Um, from what I remember from the panel I listened to at the convention. Yeah, it sounds like a really, really cool idea. It's funny because that's, that's the kind of thing that, I mean, you know, as as we're as we're talking about this, I I'm thinking of like the campaigns I'm playing in, and I don't I don't play characters that document things really, but then I think um, you know there's a Warhammer uh, fantasy game that I play in where I'm playing a character from basically the Russia of the Warhammer world, which mm -hmm. is Kislev, um, and the whole thing about that character is. He uh, he left Kislev because um, he was he was persecuted because he was gay. Oh. 
And the only person that really cared for him or really like supported him or anything was his grandmother. And, you know, you, you make your character and you key in on one thing. And for whatever reason, he ended up with a fine set of clothes. And I determined that his grandmother made these clothes for him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, now I'm sitting here going, he should have been writing letters to his grandmother this whole time. <laughs> playing this game. Yeah, mommy, you can always uh, establish he did. Uh, you don't have to. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah, true. Write him as a player. But um, I mean, there are a lot of ways to get to connect to the game and your character. Um, uh, uh, beside of the sessions, um, I know of a German artist who does illustrations for the Dark Eye, mm-hmm. who has a character she's playing for a really long time, and she usually does one uh, drawing of a character once a year, so to show how the character has changed and also how she as an artist has evolved. So that's one really cool thing. I mean, uh, drawing your characters, uh, what I got, or drawing scenes from the from the game is really cool but i don't i'm not good at drawing but it's it's another way uh you can you can kind of fill fill that need yeah yeah yeah. um that's that's great um i i have a tendency to write intricate backgrounds for characters when i'm looking at a new campaign Mm. um and i actually i i i've been looking through some of those and I think I may actually have a, a a a a book worth of short stories I've written uh, for characters that were usually denied by the game master. <laughs> like uh, I, I, don't, I don't want that character. Okay, that's fine. Here's another one, and here's a you know eight page story in the background of this. Yeah, story. I do that sometimes too. Um, I usually have, I I tend to play them a while and then write the story when I if I get to know them. A little bit. Yeah, I, 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 um, I should do that. I think I do that more now. There was definitely mm-hmm. a period of time where I'm like, you know, I like this character I've made. I'm gonna write it up. And for me, being able to look back on those stories, it's like, no, these were cool ideas that maybe someday I'll play and yeah, something where somebody's, you know, although a lot of that was uh, this this one GM we were playing with, um he wanted things to be very normal in his campaigns. Mm-hmm. You know, he wanted, he, he kind of, I'm not going to say he wanted like fighter, cleric, wizard, <laughs> rogue, you know, and that's, that's what he wanted, you know, all humans, but I guess you can have one damn human. That seems okay. You know, and, but he's not, he wasn't quite to that level, but it was definitely a case of he wanted more, uh, what, what you would consider typical, of uh, an adventurer group. And so I basically wrote all these stories and I would do this every time he started a new campaign and I would have all these characters and I'd have all their backstories and everything. And I just throw in at him and he'd be like, no, I, 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 no, I I can't do that. Okay. Here's this one. Nope. Can't do that. (laughs) Nope. Can't do that. Here's this one. I guess, I guess this is, this one's fine. And it was like, my way of like getting him to relent on still a weird character <laughs> yeah. by, by getting slightly less weird. Um, the one, the one that I, I always wanted to play though, uh, and this isn't a Pathfinder game. I made a character from the nation of Khalid who um, he used only a shield and martial arts 
to fight. Mm-hmm. And uh, he considered himself a patriot, patriot of the, the, not the nation of color. He was Kalashite. I can't remember the name of the nation off the top of my head. Um, but he was a captain in the military. He's like, did you make Captain America for my game? I'm like, I, I, yeah. Uh. And he was, and he was mad. Um, he didn't want that. And I was like, well, uh. this is cool. This is like, yeah. I mean, well, uh, it's, it's tricky sometimes to, to get everyone <laughs> on the same level of what they want on the table and what's too weird or too special. And yeah. Um, but I just thought that I think the modern story games and indie games uh, often do a lot of these uh, backstory stuff in the game. Yes. Like, you know, when you play uh, PBTA games, uh, like in, in Dread, you uh, yeah, don't have a character sheet, but you get uh, a bunch of questions you answer mm-hmm. uh, for your character. So it's they don't have any numbers on there. There's just story and background. Uh, so it, uh, it is very um, implemented in the game uh, to, to talk about who's this person and, and where are they coming from and uh, how are they connected to the other characters. So you could write a background story, but you also can have some cool background connections uh, without doing that. It's almost whereas, like the story is the character already. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas yeah. Uh, when you when you play D and D or Pathfinder or The Dark Eye, you don't have that. You just have your sheet with your numbers and your crunchy stuff. Yeah. So you have to make that up on yourself, but you don't have to. It's uh, it's yeah. So just personal play. Personal play. Now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, I, I, when we right. when we. Uh, talked about me coming uh, on the podcast and talking about this I was thinking about what ways there are to to do that uh, personal play stuff and I well one thing I also thought of is uh, like designing your character sheet so it really fits for the character um so some players in my group do that uh, they um have an individual character sheet for all of the characters where they put in different images and pictures and uh, colors sometimes. Um, uh, so they are really like very individual sheets. Hmm. Yeah, that's um, wow, that's not even something I, I thought of, but that makes sense, you know. Yeah, I thought it's um, there are a lot of ways to uh, connect to gaming and to to do something uh, to stay connected when you're not playing. And I think you don't have to be the I write stories about my character type of person to do that because you can also uh, do this kind of thing, like yeah. like making cool character sheets. Or you can do stuff like RGM did when he was still uh, not working and still studying and had a lot of more time than he does now, when he made a video trailer for a campaign. So he took stuff from different movies and uh, asked us what actors would be fitting for our characters. And then he made a little trailer for our campaign. That's really cool. That was so cool. Oh wow, that's do you have the link to that? 
Oh, it's not on YouTube uh, because oh. it uses images and music that is not, that is not uh, yeah. free to use. So, yeah. Uh, um, a long time ago. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but, but I have, to, I have to say uh, the kind of personal play that James talked about last episode that really got to me was the thing he said about uh, what, what Cat what Cat Cool does, um, which is spinning stories for the character in her own head and uh, sometimes being disappointed when getting to the table and actually play those because that's the thing that happens to me like a lot. Oh. And I was I, I was listening to this episode. I was on my way home and walking and listening while walking and I was oh my God. This is a thing people do. This is not just me. Uh, it's uh, and it's okay because, like, like I, I said on Twitter, I always thought that uh, it was just like a flaw I had that I was not able to to bring my stuff that's in my head to the table enough. Um, but after James talked about it and talked about that as this is a part of the book he he was doing um he he wrote um i was like okay so maybe this is just a legitimate way to do gaming stuff it's uh, okay to do that yeah. <laughs> it was really like a revelation and and i think i think it it absolutely is i think it's it's uh, uh it, it i i felt kind of that same way when we had that conversation because you know I've always kind of said oh this character has this as a background and this is a background and you know um then it never comes up right it never comes up I yeah. one of the examples of that is we're playing a, a Starfinder game right now mm. um maybe I talked about this in the last episode I hope not um <laughs> but I I uh I was kind of looking through we had some unique choices for for uh, race uh, or species, and um, and uh, you know it was a it was a, a, a home built um, setting and everything, and you know it was it was neat. And I looked at the there's a, Starfinder has a thing called a Solarian, which is kind of a Jedi paladin that's really cool. Um, they get cool powers and stuff, and I wanted to play this kind of big dragon type race and i decided he was gold and his his weapon his, his he has a solar weapon that manifests as a big hammer um because my favorite superhero of all time is beta ray bill um do you know who this is uh no sorry <laughs> that's okay um uh... most most people who aren't in the woods like like deep into comics don't uh beta ray bill is an alien that Thor assaulted um, oh. in, back in 1983, and he beat up Thor and took his hammer away from him because he was worthy. Uh. Yeah. So, uh, so this, so th my character is Theta Beam Jack, um, and he has this intricate background where you know he he was born as his family was going out to explore the stars and. Like he was infused with this stellar energy and that's where it all comes from. But he's, mm. you know, his family kept going and he, and left him behind. So he's seeking out his family. Will that ever come up in the campaign? I don't know, but I like to refer to it once in a while. Like, you know, 
we ended up in a place where, where nobody had ever been before. Um, it was this, it, you know, there was, we knew, didn't know how to connect there or anything. And everybody was like, oh no, how are we going to get home? And meanwhile, here's Theta who's like, no, this is great. I'm going to find my family here. This must be where they are. This is why they didn't come back, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, fun, it's fun to have those elements ready to just kind of go to. Yeah. And uh, I, I think uh, you don't have to write down a lot of uh, story about that, but it's, totally okay if you just have uh, okay this is one big goal the character has and this is one thing that happened in her, their past that still affects them and if you have that ready it it can be cool to bring this up and it also can be cool to have the gm know about this so they can bring it up if they want to definitely um yeah so um yeah that's that's one thing and well another thing is that I tend to think a lot about my characters when we're not playing. Mm -hmm. Just I I think about the weirdest stuff really. Sometimes I think, okay, I'm lying in bed now. I wonder how my characters like to sleep. Like do they sleep <laughs> on their sides or on their back? Or do they like two pillows or none? Or do they uh, like to sleep on the floor because the bed feels so soft to them or stuff like that really. Huh. Just, just the weirdest little things. Um, uh, in the dark eye, there's the concept of like a spirit animal, so that every person has one animal um, that represents their personality, and there's a um, spell you can see those bits. Um, and uh, I'd like to think, okay, let's think about all my 10 characters that I have, <laughs> <laughs> what their spirit animal is. And okay, I think it's a cat. But is it like a, a street cat that's very meager and very uh, uh, scarred, or is it my, la, more like a pet and really fluffy and really well fed and happy? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's really awesome. I mean, that's wow. Just yeah, like like. Just... Of course, it does not come up. I mean, it it does not come up. Which how many pillows my character uses <laughs> in, on the table? Why would it? But I I like to think about all this stuff and some, some sometimes in my head i have two of my characters meet and have a dialogue <laughs> that's very cool that's awesome yeah, yeah it's um yeah there's I, a lot of stuff going on in my head about my character so i'm gonna admit something i've never talked about with anybody about my characters um i imagine in my head sometimes that there's a, a bar or a tavern or something like that. And the, the um, cause I've played a lot of games over the years and all the patrons there are characters of mine. And, right. and I like to think about like, like, you know, like Theta having a, having a drink with, with uh, Sorka, the character I was mentioning from Kislev, like, what would they talk about and stuff like that? Yeah. So, so I love I mean, that you do that too. It's so much fun to, yeah. to think about that, and uh, it's really not something you can really bring to the table because it would be a little bit complicated to play when your two characters meet. Um, Absolutely, and, you know. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, I think about, okay, that scene last session, um, I wonder how they feel about this. So. Mm -hmm. 
I wonder how they feel about this MPC or this place. And well, I, what I tend to do a lot is to imagine how the next session might go and who we will meet and how, what my character would say in this situation. And sometimes I really get into that and work out like a little speech and, <laughs> and then it never happens <laughs> because I made the wrong guess about what could happen next. And I think that's one of the uh, parts where I can be disappointed about the way the story turns out of the game table no. instead of in my head. but. Now, we've talked a lot about you playing games. Do you run any games? Yeah. Oh, I do sometimes, but okay. not very often. <laughs> I'm, uh, I always say I'm an okayish GM, but I'm a better player than a GM. Mm. Um, I ran a game of Hollow Earth Expedition last fall, and I ran a beginner's game of uh, Edge of the Empire this February. Okay. Yeah, so I I can do it. I'm I'm okay with it, uh, but uh, well, I like to be a player more because then I get to play my characters and right. think about them afterwards. So <laughs> which yeah. which is which is um and that's that's awesome. Like like being able to I know plenty of people that have played games for years and like you know, I just I I I prefer this like cool like <laughs> it's good yeah that... i mean uh, uh i have to say that the gm in our group is like a super dedicated gm mm -hmm. and he is running all of these campaigns so we yeah. don't switch gm he's like the big puppet master who knows all the stories and all the characters and <laughs> uh, does a lot of work and i cannot thank him enough for doing this so um <laughs> because uh, then i get to play uh, a lot and uh, cannot accidentally be spoiled for something because I'm preparing for another campaign. Yeah. Um, and well, he says he's okay with <laughs> doing this. So um, I hope he will be for, <laughs> <laughs> he will still be some years ago, uh, ahead. Um, so yeah, um, mostly when I do GM, it's not the darker, it's something else. And something so. else. Well, yeah. I, I guess I guess one of the things I wanted to to bring up is um, is that I I really think that GMing in a way, and I kind of I'm fifty fifty. I mean, I happen to be in a group, uh, a regular group, and we've been playing for twenty four years now. Oh, um, oh. yeah, mm -hmm. we're That's old guys. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but we're all we're all GMs and we're all very capable and skilled GMs, which is cool. Um, mm. You know, I mean, we've got some some other players that have, that have come in that some of them have kind of said, you know, want to GM. And one of the things that I, I love about my group is when one of the players recently said, you know, she was like, I think I want to try GMing something. We're all like, cool. What can we do to help you get there? You know, um, get get this a try and stuff. And it's and so you know it's nice to know that nobody has this ownership over it that they need to have. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's I I think it's really helpful uh, to at least try to GM one yes. session in your life because otherwise you will not appreciate what the GM is doing <laughs> and how much do. work it is. 
But I definitely think that GMing a game is is personal play just on a wider spectrum of it. Um, and I definitely have put a lot of work into ideas for campaigns and and those elements that um, that doesn't necessarily come to fruition. You know, like, mm-hmm. like maybe yeah. this campaign, we never get a chance to run it, but I don't, it, it's, there's never a point where I'm like, oh, it's too bad. I put all that work into that. Like, I always kind of feel like, well, you know, it didn't happen. That stinks. But I, I still feel like I got to be creative and. Yeah. I mean, as long as you're having fun thinking about it and working this out. It's, yeah. That's great. Um, I. Yeah, I mean, and and creating cool NPCs is almost as good as creating cool characters to play. Right, exactly, exactly. Um, now, one of the things I wanted to to ask you about, though, is what yeah. your thoughts are on um, on how GMs can encourage players to to engage with personal play. Yeah, that's the thing, I guess. Um, I think either you do it and like it because you like it or yeah. you don't. So, okay. you know, there's, there's, uh, there are a lot of groups I know who do things like, okay, when a player writes a diary for the last session, they get like some extra XP or mm-hmm. stuff like this. And I really don't think that's very useful. Yeah. I, because, I agree entirely. Um, um, I did all of those writing and and uh, archiving stuff and writing down quotes because I like to, not right. because I would get something for it. And I don't think you should force players to to do that. Uh, so that's the same with background stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, when a player writes a background story, um, the greatest reward as a GM can give them is to bring it up and to use yeah. it. And um, if well, uh, there's some players at the table who don't have an interest in this, they will be fine. I mean, people like different things in games. Uh, if you have someone in your group who really is into to fighting and killing monsters, they give them a monster they can kill yeah. and be heroic about it. And if there's someone who likes to search for their lost family, then bring this up and he will be happy. So yeah. It's uh, it's really just about uh, finding out what it is your players want and uh, and giving it to them. and giving it to them and um, well and it does not have necessarily to be the same for every person at the table. Yeah, I mean I am really like uh, um, I really like it when my characters suffer from time to time, so <laughs> they get things taken away or they they have tragic things happening or. Uh, big fights with someone and that's something I really like yeah because it uh kind of gives me the feeling that I know them better and it's uh, great to see someone when they're at their lowest and not always when they're at their highest so I 100% agree sometimes I enjoy it more when bad things happen to my characters than when good things happen to them yeah totally I'm I'm really like a drama queen when it comes to that (laughs) uh, I I even wrote a long article about this on my blog one day Um, um, but not everyone feels that way I think I'm the only one in my group that likes that a lot and 
so it's just about knowing what people enjoy. Um, I, I have uh, one player in my group who is really good at doing scenes where his character um, yeah, gets into humorous situations. Yeah. So um, he embarrasses himself a little, or he, he does something really funny by accident. And he's really enjoying playing this, and he's really good at it. So yeah. that's something he likes, and he's good at. So people, so RGM uh, sees to it that those things happen from time to time. So, so I think I think the advice that we could give is give the players what they want. You know, determine what it is. And yeah, then... that's the important part. I, yeah. I mean, it starts with finding a group. You know, I want to play with that have has the same interests. Mm -hmm. So a thing I I do not enjoy, for example, is playing long battles and uh, fights with battle maps and little figurines and <laughs> stuff like that. And one fight taking three hours at a, at the table. That's that's a thing I'm not a fan of. Yeah. But it's totally a thing people like. And if there are five of them who want to play this way. It's cool, and they should do it, but I would not be part of this group. <laughs> um, and it's really about finding out what is it, what it is you want from gaming and finding the people you can do this with. Yeah, yeah, that that definitely that that I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I also I I'm a big believer. And this kind of has come about with modern gaming, especially like powered by the apocalypse. Um, but I'm a big believer in in player agency, uh, in that you know ha have them be part of the world building. Um, mm -hmm. Two reasons: one, it takes away all the work I need to do as a GM. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, here's a, you know, hey, what is this like? You know, what what uh, the story I love to hear about. Uh, Dungeon World is um, there was a kid who was playing it for the first time who was you know preteen or maybe mm -hmm. early teen kid and he was playing a druid and uh, this this one game master said you know well what are druids like in this world and he's like I'm the only one and that was that became uh, a thing in that world and yeah, uh, that's cool isn't that cool yeah um, it's super cool I I really like um, these player empowerment stuff too. I'm, I really like to and to ask, okay, you, you get into this tavern, so how does it look like? And or, or stuff like that. Yeah. Um of course if you well PBTA is of course um very much about finding out what happens. Um yeah. if you play um something that has like a, a plot that needs to happen or well not needs to happen but should happen. <laughs> um you cannot be so much about everything is what the players decide, but you can still do it on a on a smaller level. So um, we actually try to implement these uh, stuff in our the Dark Eye campaigns as well. So we just um, uh, got back to the campaign I mentioned with the expedition on the on the ship, mm -hmm. and. We had like a little time jump from the last chapter. It was about four months. So we uh, decided to try something new and went like, okay, we will 
just say it is four months later and now let's come up with something that have changed on the ship and with the NPCs and with the relations on the ship and then tell in flashbacks why that is. That's so cool. Yeah. And we're still doing that. So the, the scene I mentioned with the notebook that, that got dropped into the water is one of those scenes because oh. I just said, okay, I want uh, that one of the persons on the ship threw my notes in the water and another one that saved them from getting soaked completely and let's figure out who that was. Oh, that's neat. That's yeah. such a neat idea to do a time jump that way. Huh. Yeah, uh, but, but I think... Um, that is something that uh, we benefit from because we're not only playing this one system, mm -hmm. um, but also a lot, uh, trying to play some story and any games from time to time because uh, um, the idea that uh, the GM does not have to tell everything and that the players can bring their own ideas is something that um, really comes from there. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Well, that's so. That's very cool. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad we had this conversation. I, f I feel like uh, I feel like we've we've scratched the surface. Yeah, um, totally. Could talk so much more about this. <laughs> I mean, um, I feel like we, I mean, we could even like launch a podcast about personal. Just play about personal game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'm really uh, glad about this term. I mean, uh, James said on Twitter that he kind of invented this term. And I'm really, I like it because the only thing, the only term used for this I had heard before was Barbie play. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, your character is like a Barbie doll and you you, you play around it at home. And uh, it sounds like a little judgmental for me. Right. Uh, so I'm really glad for this personal play term. And I'm really glad to know that it's not a thing that only I do. Um, and I mean, of course, uh, the stuff you imagine about your characters might not happen all the time at the table, but that's only natural because you have a group of players. And of, uh, so it would be weird when you would get to do exactly what you imagined every time, because that would mean the other players do not bring anything into it. Right, they don't get to do what they do. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh God. I. I. I uh, there are still more examples of stuff I. I. I do, but uh, maybe <laughs> I. We have talked enough about. This. <laughs> there's, there's been there's been much talking. Listen, I, now, I do say this to every guest I have, but and you know, uh, uh, speaking of an embarrassment of riches, I have great guests. Like, <laughs> but but anytime you you want to talk more about this topic or any other topic um or even just like once you get going with your with your podcast and you're 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 really uh you, you know you're moving forward i'm i'm very excited for it um you know you're welcome on anytime uh, thank you yes yeah. that's, that's so nice <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad you you invited me over here I'm, I'm I'm very glad too. The time difference <laughs> is nothing because I, I'm just I'm I'm excited to talk with with uh, gamers from everywhere. It's it's great to get the different point of view and you know, um, yeah, and 
so it's the it's the uh, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a link to the podcast in the show notes. Um, yeah, great. And uh, uh, do you do you want me to I don't know like it, do a little introduction about myself? You can put at the beginning or something. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely do that. We'll 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 take care of all that. But uh, but uh, for right now, I just want to thank you for coming on um, and joining me on the lounge. Thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, thanks for having me. It's, it's, uh, it's it was great fun, and I, I hope my my German accent on my lack of all the right words and all the right time was not so bad. <laughs> I think you probably came off a little bit more understandable than I did sometimes. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, thank you so much, um, and uh, and we'll uh, we'll 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 be in touch with you. Yeah, I'd love to. I I love talking about um, RPG stuff. That's me too. Yeah. <laughs> Would have thought. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs>